0: Hi, this is Kenya. Welcome to the second part of our Lost Tapes episodes, In Memoriam of Brendan. Brendan Browning Lafferty was 33 when he passed. This was August of 2018. His birthday was May 24th. And that's a part of the reason why we decided to do this two-part episode for our two lost friends. And here again to discuss Brendan's memory and the musical influence he had on our lives as his sister, Ellen Browning Lafferty. Let's get started. I wanted to ask you, Ellen, about, basically because we know that Brendan was also a very musical person. If you could talk a little bit about your bond with him as a big sister, how music fit into that bond and what your earliest memory of bonding with him over music is.
1: Yeah. So how I'm doing with Brendan's death, it's just hard. I mean, it's what you guys all, you guys all know this. He was one of my very best friends. And what's so interesting is that, you know, in his death, you find out he was so many people's very best friends. So I'm not alone in my grief. And there's something comforting about that. I sadly know from experience in time, it gets a little slightly less painful, but I'm also aware that sometimes our grief is like you can only grieve what you've loved a lot. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that grief hurts so bad is because there's so much there's so much love there.
0: And um, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um,
1: so we were a musical family. It was like required of us that we take at least two years of a musical instrument.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: <crazy>. So <laughs> Oh yeah, violin. Yeah. So so play the violin. That's right. Violence. That was my instrument. It is my instrument. And uh, Brendan played the drums, which I think is a really unique gift for a parent to give a child to tell them it's okay to play the drums. Because, mm-hmm. Well, you pay for that. You really yes, do. It, is, yes. it is loud, but he was really talented. So it was okay. But earliest memories. I mean, I actually kind of want to share one from this, this one on the playlist. Um, something my mom shared that's probably the earliest memory of brendan and music he had this song that he loved when he was like a toddler like when he was a really little kid and he called it the moon song and it's not it's not the title at all the actual title is let me see it's called behind the waterfall but my mom told the story about how she would like it's so one day she dropped me and my sister off at school and so she was in the car and Brendan was in the back seat and he's like maybe two years old or something and he was looking out the window of the car and there's the 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 moon how it looks like in the morning like where you can still see the moon yeah and then the moon song came on and he just like totally lost his shit he was like <laughs> so fucking happy it's <laughs> like little toddler He's like the moon song he had a moon t-shirt and everything oh that is so sweet (laughs) he loved it so so brendan definitely you know even when he was maybe only knew a few words definitely had this affinity for music like he just loved it he took such joy in it and that was just throughout his whole life you know he just it was similar to antonio it was just part of the fabric of who he was and how he related to the world
0: Cause he wasn't—he wasn't an easygoing guy, just like Antonio. He really was very open with everyone, and he just had this face where it's just like, "Oh, this guy's just so cool. He's not no 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 judging, no judgy." <laughs> You know, I would walk up. I would say we would have the dumbest conversations. Mostly me just talking about bullshit, and he would really go there with me. He would really be listening to me and giving me answers and advice. We had deep conversations. Yeah, every but every time like I talked like the, to Brendan, with the most about the most random shit. Yeah, you could just talk to him about anything. Yes. Yes, he and I loved you
1: guys so much.
0: I really liked Brendan too. He was like, I, I always look forward to seeing him. I had a little crush on him. I had you a little crush what? on Brendan. I think I might have had a little crush on I him did. too. And it's just because he was so good. He was, he was such so cool. a good person. He was. Big, listen, man. Good men are so rare. I mean, sorry, men. But you know what I'm saying? Like, Brendan and like Antonio were like really good dudes. Kind, generous with their time and attention. Genuinely interested in getting to know you as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that... That shit mm-hmm. yes, that shit is rare mm-hmm. amongst the males. <laughs> and when when you were around Brendan you just wanted to just I just wanted to eat his face. You know, I was just so grateful for how <laughs> awesome he was. You know what I mean?
1: I mean I love hearing that about him because that's like I have to say, I think I think I have a lot of faith in in men and I know that there can be and are really great men out there because of Brendan. I mean Obviously, my partner now is really awesome, but lots of years being single, and I was like, "But you know what? I know there's, I know who my brother is. I know like what's in his heart and how sincere he is, and how much he, you know, genuinely respects women." And that was always very comforting to me. And I think you know, to a lot of other women that knew him too, he was a real stand-up guy without being, you know, a, a pushover or like, you know, really emotional or anything like that. He was just um, a solidly Good man.
0: Your mama raised some good children. She did. I I'll I i got to say that for Miss Mrs. Browning Leopardy. She really The best name. <laughs> raised the <laughs> fuck out of y'all. Y'all are some good good people. Good people. Did Brendan ever make a, a mix for you?
1: Yeah, all the time. I mean, you know, similar to what we were saying about Antonio, like Brendan knew a lot of the cool shit before it was cool. Or like and maybe it doesn't say much because I'm always the last to know about whatever, like, the hottest news. <laughs> music. <laughs> so, so it doesn't say much about me. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was always sharing, like, cool new stuff. And one mix in particular that I'm thinking of, probably because, I mean, he made all kinds of mixes. But uh, for me specifically, this was maybe 2012? 2013. um, I asked for my birthday. I asked my brother and my sister to if they would make me like Spotify playlists. Mm -hmm. So the one that Brendan made me, I'm just so glad that I still have. Yeah, I mean, as far as like what songs are on, I mean, I don't think I had heard of a single artist on the (laughs) playlist.
0: (laughs) That's so Ellen.
1: But it's it is. It's so it's so me. Last to know. Last to know. I mean, there was like Father John Misty. Oh yeah. um, Yeah. I think actually
0: I got father john misty from brendan Um, i had heard of him before but i know we talked about him and connected about that
1: i feel like you guys well he talks about um lcd sound Sound system system. and how he i actually have because i have all of our old texts that were saved and i have a whole text thread of him talking about how lcd sound system reminds him of you guys and followed by he like sent me a clip of a show um of Dance Yourself Clean, I guess that track. Mm -hmm. And he was like, it takes five minutes to get to the beat drop, but it's so worth it. It 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 is, is it
0: is. (laughs) (laughs) He understood that That song, (laughs) you're waiting for this drop and it is worth it. I love that damn song.
1: The last time I visited LA, we were maybe going to go to a dance, uh, like a dance party called yes. Dance Yourself Clean or something. That's right. And then sure to form, we were like,
0: hey, no, we
1: stay home instead. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's good in the old now. girl. Uh, no, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. This is classic us. Maybe right? I'll like, mm-hmm.
0: hey, just stay home. Yes. Uh, that's what I love about you, Ellen. <laughs> I know. Because I was like so scared to tell them I don't I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> and Ellen was like, no, nah, we're going to hang understand. out at the house. Let's I was like, woo. Because I don't want to go nowhere. I'm secretly
1: relieved. I would rather stay in my pajamas anyway. So he was, the text was like about that. He was like, did you guys ever make it to that party? And I didn't even know at the time the Dance Yourself Clean" was like an LCD sound system reference. And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, let me tell you all about it. <laughs> like, but part of that whole thing where he's like, you know, sharing this music and then saying, but at the five, you know, it's worth it. No pressure. But when you have a second, listen to it at that, Five minute mark, there's this beat drop that is just amazing. That was so much a part of how he appreciated music. And that was something that came up um, in this conversation I had recently with a bunch of his friends. It's like, it's not just that Brendan loved music, it's that when you shared music with him, part of the sharing was one about like the shared joy of it all that like you could both enjoy something simultaneously and just how fun that is. It's like a human experience. Like, that's so awesome. And then two, that he also just really loved to dissect songs and, and be like, did you hear that bass line? Or like I was listening the other day, Michael Jackson's want to be starting something at the end where it's like the mama say mama, there's this like subtle, little, almost imperceptible, like double beat Ugh. at the end, or it's like acapella. And he would always clap and he would do that little double beat. And he would like, Tilt his head a certain way, and it's like that type of like that stuff. The little details.
0: I can have conversations like that with Brendan and with Antonio, and I just don't anymore. And one of the things, one of the reasons I started this podcast is because, just gonna sidebar on Hozier for a second, is because listening to his album and the way he arranged this album, the music, the vocals, the instrumentation it made me start thinking about music like that again. I mean, like, I would think it in my head, but okay, now I want to talk about it. I'm, I I want to say, did you did you hear that? Did you, did you hear what he did? I miss having those conversations about music. And I know whenever I saw Brendan, I could talk to him about music that way. And it was a safe, good conversation that we were going to have, you know. And because he was a musician himself, he understood music in a way that I can... I can pick up on it, but I don't know necessarily how to talk about it because I don't know the words to use Mm because I'm not a musician. And so I love talking to people like Brennan because they understand what makes that sound, what would go into that and how to talk about, you know, the bass, the drums, the instrumentation, the composition, the arrangement of a song in words that I wouldn't know how to use. He, was, he introduced me to Girl Talk. I think that might have girl been talk. the first oh, major I conversation talk. I had with him about music. And he, he just picked up on what I liked. And he was like, you're going to like this artist. Girl Talk. Listen to it. And I listened to it. And I was like, you know everything I love. And it just... Blossoms from there. The, from that one recommendation, I knew that I could talk to Brendan about anything that had to do with music, and he would have something for me. You know. So you were saying about collective joy and how live experiences gave that to him, and it is it's something we talked about in our last episode when we were talking about going to go see Hozier live and just sort of remembering what that experience is like, because it is a very universal thing, and it's why people go see live music. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, if you have any particular memories um, concerning live music when it came to to Brendan, because I didn't, we didn't get a chance to go to see shows with him. But Ellen, I know you have this this memory that you want to talk to talk about um, around around that.
1: I wasn't at this show, but this was like three days before he died. He went to a Radiohead show with uh a bunch of his friends you know like Brendan was he's he was was always going to shows, like and he saved all the tickets and so like in his apartment when we were cleaning out after he died he I mean stacks and from like the late 90s you know what I mean like the late
0: 90s amazing
1: (laughs) through 2018 so Radiohead was the last live show that he saw and apparently so I'm hearing this all like secondhand but he and a bunch of his friends many of whom were former bandmates of his uh were at this show but they had seats in different places around the arena and they closed with karma police Mm. and he texted my mom about it the next day he writes to her he says it's funny concerts are almost like a supplant for church or mass if you skip to five minutes 30 seconds in this video from last night you'll see what i mean total group joy he also shared then his own personal view from where he was in the arena and he says i felt a tingle up my spine
0: a tingle and
1: a tingle up his spine just at witnessing this collective group joy and you have to like hear the crowd singing along to the lyrics it's good
0: It's a great show, for your last show, Radiohead. Yeah, right. I'm jealous. So,
1: the part where it was this total like group joy was the entire crowd singing along with these lyrics. Like for a minute there, I lost myself. I lost myself. myself. It's
0: myself.
1: Exactly, song. exactly. And like that's that really encapsulates a lot of why I think not only Brendan went to live shows, was like to have experiences like that this shared collective joy through music but it also says something about the kind of person he was, in that he genuinely took joy in other people's happiness.
0: And I think that's the same for Antonio. He always wanted somebody to go to a gig with him because you can have that experience by yourself if you can connect to the energy of strangers, but then it's so much more visceral and enjoyable when you're with a friend, when you're with someone you love and, and you know for a fact that this person is getting the same thing out of this as you. That one song, that one set of lyrics, that one chord progression or drum solo or guitar solo, in that one song that you guys know that you love, that everybody loves, everybody knows. It's that chill. It's that the thrill of seeing you've been listening to this music and now you're seeing it being performed in front of you real time. That's what I loved about going to, Gigs, and that's why I really want to start going to gigs again is because I missed that. You know what I mean? That collective joy. And that's such a great phrase. I never thought of it that way. Um, so I'm really glad to hear that story because it's a wonderful way to put it and to think about it, this group joy. It's also a good way to think about the way that he was about music in general. He, you could feel his passion for it sort of like coming out of his pores <laughs> And that was one of the reasons why I really enjoyed talking to him about music, because he understood the way that I felt about it. It's much more than just listening to music. It's a lot more about yeah, the deep dive, man. Just sort of like the lyrics, the the way it's arranged, all that stuff has an impact on you, and he was very good at articulating um, not only the technical side of it, but the, just the intent of the artist because he was a musical artist himself so he had the language he had the range he did he did speaking of that i wanted to talk about the bands that he was in um you said he played the drums i think he played the drums in both of these bands and the first one yeah, is right. uh the quill source is that the first band he was in
1: no actually so the very first band he it was, was a ever in, in. Well, so there's okay. a, a band called Anaphora. Which, oh, <laughs> it was like his first high school band, oh. and actually for a high school band, they're pretty good, and they actually gigged. So I'll say that. But then after the first, I think more serious band was Seamus Browning. Okay, maybe Mach One, because there were two versions of there Seamus Browning got together twice. But so sort of end of high school, and I guess like early aughts, uh, was Seamus Browning, and so the bassist from his first band uh sean was also the bassist in seamus browning and uh there are guys he went to high school with in seamus browning but they're also guys and who were you know up until the very end uh really 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 good friends like brothers to brendan and the the lead singer um matt duke who has his own solo career like he sang Interestingly enough, tying this all together, uh, I will follow you into the dark at Brendan's funeral.
0: Oh, I wish I had been there to see that. Mm. Oh, my God. Sounds like it would have been absolutely lovely. And I listened to their EP and they had this um, song called Tourist Traps on on there, which I really love. That's just got such great energy, that song. And they kind of remind me of uh, Band of Horses, actually. Did you see him perform with them or did he ever talk about his experience uh, playing with them?
1: Yeah. Um, so I saw him perform with Seamus Browning. I mean it's all of Brendan's bands. I was I was a fan. So I wouldn't go to like every single performance, but I would go to a lot. And even one time I actually performed with Seamus Browning. Oh. Uh in Philly.
0: With your but, violin. I'll make it.
1: With my violin. With my violin. Um and I just know that they were it was hugely formative for him both as a musician but then also his friendships yeah and that i like i think it's pretty cool actually that music particularly in bands when when guys are like writing it themselves it's just like socially acceptable way for like guys to bond and mm. talk about their feelings mm. and like emote about it you know yeah,
0: yeah. wow and, and uh, so, i never thought about that aspect of
1: but yeah um but I know that, you know, all of his bands, and especially, I mean, Seamus Browning, because he was so young when they first got together. I think they shaped him musically.
0: Let's talk about the Quell Source, which I fucking love this band. Okay. They're so <laughs> good. And they have a sound to me like the Decemberists and Weezer. I don't think they're together anymore. They broke up in 2013. I think that's just damn sad. It's like the teeth. It's like all these good ass bands. It's gone.
1: But... Um, but there are, some of the band members are also, are now in other bands.
0: Okay. So they were, from what I can hear, they had such a put together sound and that album I listened to was really well mixed. I mean, it sounded fucking great.
1: So the Quell source was, he, he would credit the Quell source with really, uh, having him like break through to a new level of like professionalism Mm -hmm. with not just rehearsals but also his own musicianship i think it really pushed him to get better um like all of his bands did that you know every every one he's he ever played with um you know teaches you something but he he said that about the Quell source that they had like this really Rigorous schedule, um, I guess, as far as like rehearsals and um, obviously gigging a lot. And the music itself was, I can say. So the reason I included the track OT Five on the the mix that we made is because I actually recorded with them on that track. But um, that was extremely generous of them because you know I, I'm always rusty as hell when I'm playing violin. But that was back in 20, 2009, either two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and I can just say that like the Quels are like their music, dear God, they like change key signatures and time signatures, and there are like ten different parts. And um, they they, just, they
0: have a um, sound that is hard to pin down. I could tell their tracks. It's so rich change, and layered. Um, yeah, it, it they're tracks change i don't want to say genre but not one of their songs is like the other Um, and they have a very complex sound i can tell they really think about what it is that they're doing and then also (laughs) their name i googled it and the first thing that popped up was uh the q source or document or gospel and it's the hypothetical written collection of Primarily Jesus's sayings. And I wanted to ask, do they write music from a religious point of view? I don't know if you know or not, but.
1: Not that I know of. And I remember Brendan talking about the Quell Source. I'm like, well, what does it mean? And all I remember is him saying something about like, Quell means source. Yes. And so it would be like the source, source.
0: Yeah. So I was like, is that intentional? I guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I
0: don't know. It's okay because now I have this fabric to follow um, of the makeup of Brendan's musical life, basically. And, and it, and basically the name of his mix is Brendan's musical quilt, which I love. Love that. So these are two bands that I can, even though they're no longer together, that I can appreciate their music now because I really do like both of them. And I feel like it's just indicative of who Brendan was as a person that these being involved with these two outfits um grew him as a musician and as a person who appreciates music
1: absolutely and i just want to say again too that the that seamus browning actually got together again after brendan left the quell source (gasps) and according to like you know his bandmates of seamus browning they said it was um because you know all the bandmates went and did their own thing and then coming back together with more experience i think they were even even tighter uh making music that they were even more proud of the so round two for seamus browning so oh that's good the bassist sean i mean he described because he and brendan were very close and the lead singer matt also very close with brendan um he was close to the quail source guys too all of them but sean the bassist of shamans browning had described the rhythm section as almost like a marriage mm-hmm. and that he had been playing with brendan for so long i mean since high school
0: i love yeah. this the you know brotherhood
1: like, yeah
0: that's amazing yeah can i ask also how because I remember you talking about how making this mix um, to talk about on the podcast was was healing for you and for his friends and family and I just wanted to ask you to comment on it
1: dude okay so if this is such an awesome project to work on because it so what I did was I was like well I can make a mix I can try and make a mix on my own or Like, Brendan had so many friends and bandmates and people who would know stuff about his own musical preferences and stuff he listened to that was probably over my head, I didn't know about, or just experiences that I didn't share, but that were still a big part of Brendan. So I just put it to um, a group of his friends and said, hey, I'm working on this project, putting a mix together do any of you guys have maybe two or three songs that just remind you of him or there's some connection to Brendan? And the response was really overwhelming in an amazing way where people were sharing these stories connected to the music. And uh, one of his friends suggested that we have like a video conference and get everybody on to have a conversation about it. And so we had like a 90 minute conversation. My mom and sister were also there and it was just, It was just the coolest way to remember and also sort of grieve, but in a way that felt like such a celebration of these little little corners of his life that maybe we didn't know about before. And I think when, as we all know, like when you lose someone you love, one of the most comforting things is like finding out stuff that you didn't know about them before. Where you're like, oh, yeah, or someone else sharing a really fond memory of the person you loved. And you're like, oh, that's such a comfort to hear. And then also, it was so healing because I found myself revisiting songs that I just didn't, I think I had like avoided because I didn't want to, I knew it was going to make me cry, knew it was going to make me have all the feelings. And I was like, oh, I just don't want to go there. And I know um, for some other folks who sort of participated in this project of Making the Mix, that that was the case for them as well. So I think it was not intended to be this like healing project, but it, that's kind of what it turned out to be. And I think that's just a testament to the power of music and how profound it can be
0: well i think i'm just happy that, about the fact that i l- knew people like brendan and antonio that that i could grow musically and my appreciation for music could grow
1: <laughs> brendan would laugh at me uh so um i like the indigo girls
0: <laughs> <laughs> as you should <laughs> they're pretty awesome
1: it cracked him up because i'd be like you know brendan sometimes i just like to drink some wine and sit down and paint paint on my canvases and listen to indigo girls and sing along <laughs> and he just lost his shoes just like he's like ellen that's awesome it's also <laughs> hilarious
0: that's you in that era um, it's,
1: <laughs> it's me in high school right but so in the Indigo Girls, there's, there's a song called The Power of Two. And there's a lyric that says, if we ever leave a legacy, it's that we loved each other well. And that's, that's Brandon with, with me, with our family, with friends, with you guys. Um, and I think that with all of you guys here, Kenya, Kendra, Jenny, Lisa, Antonio too. I think that's our legacy too. It's like, we love each other well. And that's something that endures even beyond death.
0: I agree. I always, we're joking about, you know, being sappy and emotional, but it's like, that's what we all have in common. That's why we, <laughs> that's why we love each other so Lunches much. Saps. And I think that one of my lasting memories of impressions of Brendan is just his openness. And I, I just, I'm picturing his face. How much it looks like your face, Ellen, and his cheekbones and his smile. And, yeah, just how open and just you you just could trust a guy. You just were relaxed around him. And so those are my favorite kinds of people. And he was one of my favorite people because of that. I
1: love you guys.
0: I love you, too. Best friend ever. So this is... um. Song select tracks from Brendan's Musical Quilt. Um, first song we're going to talk about here is uh, Beautiful Boy, Darling Boy by John Lennon. And this song is off of his album Double Fantasy, released in 1980. And this is a lullaby, basically, that John wrote for his son, Sean, I guess, when he was born or to sing to him when he was a child. Um, It's about a father comforting his son.
1: Okay, so the playlist is loosely in chronological order of his life. And so the very first track is Beautiful Boy, because that's the song that my mom says was running through her head, like the first time she held him after he had been born.
0: The next song to talk about chronologically is Ode to LRC by Band of Horses. And um, this song is actually about this place um, called it's called this place called Little Red Caboose. And it's a place that people went to go stay, I guess, Um, artists and such are just people who were down on their luck. And he's telling the story of these journals that he found at this place um, documenting the people who stayed there over the 25 years that this place was in operation. And it's just sort of about these people's. It's a pilgrimage he's taking through the hardship of the people who stayed, came and went through the the doors of this place, um, Little Red Caboose. And it's his. This song is his ode to those people, and getting that glimpse into their lives. And so this was off their album Cease to Begin from two thousand five. Do you know who put this on the mix?
1: Yeah. So this was a recommendation from Brenda's friend, Brendan's friend Jenna. And Jenna says that this song, she doesn't have necessarily a specific memory associated with Brendan, but it's just that when she hears it, it's such a Brendan song. It reminds her of Summertime and Mm -hmm. Brendan. And I have to say that too, just the sound, I mean, maybe any band of horses, just the sound. There's so many bands that are just like, oh, that's Brendan. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them.
0: Yeah, definitely. definitely. made me think of Brendan. The next song we're going to talk about is from the Quell Source, which is one of the bands that Brendan was in. And I was saying that they kind of remind me of, they have the energy of Band of Horses. Their the- musical tapestry is sort of many layered, but please go ahead, sorry. Um, well, I was just going to say that while Antonio's mix was... It sort of kind of gave us an idea of what he thought about his own death and, and his connection with his friends this mixed to me big especially because it was made up by his friends um it's it it much more captures the essence of who brendan was as a person the coil source is a great band this is a great track it is also has a lot of energy to it and you know it's this is a I'm gonna call this a gateway song because it's definitely my interest in this band is is peaked tenfold that i know that brandon was a part of making this music um and i don't know the actual history and timeline of his involvement whether or not he was there when these songs were recorded but you were telling me ellen about the recording of this song and and your involvement in it as well
1: yeah so They spent a lot of time and effort recording this. There's a lot of love that went into the album. The album is called Enjoy the Ridge, which is a reference to like the band lived on a house in Philly, in a house in Philly on Ridge Avenue. Um, And it's a tongue in cheek, like, joke to enjoy the ridge a little bit because there's a lot of septibuses. It's very, you know, could be noisy. (laughs) They're They're trying to record this album in their band house and there's these just public transit buses. You know, it was a labor of love and I was really honored that they asked me to be on even one track. But it gave me a real appreciation for their music. Brendan's friend John actually was shooting sort of like video like a documentary video of it all oh wow um, of the process of making this album and recording this album and i actually have a flash drive with all that john gave me with all of the video on it so i watched the painful process of them trying to teach me the parts to this song <laughs> and their enduring patience because it took me so long, like to get, it. I'm like, wait, wait, what's the key signature now? What's the time signature? What are the, wait, what part do I come in on? Because it sounds like same, same, but different. Yeah. you know, a lot of the music, it's like same, but then like the sixth iteration of it is just a pinch different, and you're like, oh god, wait, let me count this out again. Five, <laughs> six, seven, eight. Oh, but um. So I had an absolute appreciation for their craft and their artistry, and the amount of detail that went into this. Um, But also, how just so kind and patient they were, like with me throughout the whole process. Um, So I feel like it just says that kind of says a lot about them as a band and as people. And I would say that of all of Brendan's bandmates and any band he's been in, they're just the most awesome guys you'll ever meet all super super talented musicians and just incredibly kind all really kind people
0: when you listen to the track now how do you feel about it
1: extremely critical of my own part in it (laughs) like oh it's a little flat oh can you even hear me i don't know but as a whole listening to the track i'm like this is awesome all the layers to it I, I love it. I think it's great, and I'm particularly proud of Brendan's drumming on just—I mean, yeah. on a lot of his music, but especially there are certain some Quell source songs where I feel like uh, you can you could really hear how Brendan's drumming got to a new level, and that's actually in his um, obituary. It was um, a quote of part of what I said in his obit is just that it's kind of a metaphor for brendan and his life is just that he could keep the beat and everyone else could sync up to it and there's something comforting in that to just be like oh yeah it's this really grounding like you've got it like i'm not going to speed away with this you're steady you're solid and that's that says a lot about who he was as a person too
0: Let's talk about the next track, um, Radiohead's Karma Police. This is a classic um, song by Radiohead, it's one of their most popular tracks, everybody knows it. It's from the much-louded OK Computer, released in 1997. And um, we were just talking about um, Brendan's experience with with it. seeing it live and how this seeing radiohead was one of the last things he did before he passed which is just so poignant i think it's that's um that's musical in itself i think um and i just want to say about this song is that it really is what it says on the tin it's it's about karma it's about living a life and expecting the things that you do and how you treat others to come back around to you You know, the Karma police is coming. So basically, and it's, um, interesting to think that, um, we're talking about loss and we're talking about people who were good human beings and left behind this wave of love that people felt in their own lives. Um, and I, I don't know, Ellen, if you know what this song, what this band meant to Brendan, um and why it ended up on the mix.
1: I think the reason it ended up on the mix is because of the story I shared earlier about how that was one of... It was the last live show that he went to, and that that experience of him feeling that collective joy, that shared joy, um, was so profound for him. So that's why it's on the mix. I know that Radiohead... Was um, you know a favorite band of his as a musical influence. I wish I could speak more to it because I kn- I know that there are other friends of his who could do a better job of that. I can share an interesting quick story though that for his birthday last year, so it'd be the first birthday after he died, his friends threw him a concert. At uh, the Ardmore Music Hall, which is a music venue um, just outside of Philadelphia, and two of his friends own it. And um, it was a really awesome show. Like all of his old bandmates came together, and um, and some friends and family, and just shared music that he loved. And they closed the show with Radiohead "Karma Police," and they recreated that experience at the end.
0: So the last song that we're going to talk about is The Parting Glass. And the particular version of this song that we're going to talk about is um, the recent live recording that Hosier did. Um,
1: So The Parting Glass was sung by a family member of ours at Brendan's Wake. And it's just a song that really kind of describes Brendan pretty well. The lyrics are just—it's—it's it's just so Brendan. I don't have them in front of me, but you know, I think it's something like I would—I, you know, the only harm I ever did was to none but me. He was that kind of a guy, and so I put it towards the end of the mix because it was, you know, in chronological order, his wake would be towards the end of his life. So, and I just love that Hosier version of it, and I knew also that we were making the mix to talk about here. And I was like, well, there you go.
0: I spend it in good company And of all the harm To memory now, I can't recall. So, fill to me the parting glass. Good night and joy be with you all. Can I just say, um, I know that you guys are Irish. Your heritage is Irish. And it's something that I've always wanted to talk to you about, sort of pick your brain about a little bit, which we don't really have the space to do that here. But, you know, this song um, is such an Irish tradition. It's so rooted in their identity um, as people who like to have a good time, people who like to laugh and love and drink and even the way it's being sung here you can just feel the warm fondness that it imparts of this person who's about to say goodbye basically um to his friends um and his loved ones and i really i love the fact that it was sung um for brendan and i love the fact that it was chosen to be on this mix and it is a perfect thing to to close out on. Um, I really appreciate that. Thank you for thinking of that. And I just really, I'm going to miss the dude, man. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss talking to him. I'm going to miss seeing your face on his face. (laughs) He was somebody I would call a real true friend.
1: I think both Brendan and Antonio created a new, are part of this new wave of what it means to be a man. And to even be like a cool guy in society, it's actually having some sort of emotional literacy is of actually like being in touch with your feelings and being able to like properly communicate them and also to be able to have community and decent friendships. I think that's what it is to be a real man's man anymore. It's not to be buttoned up and you know not show any emotion. It's actually to have some facility with that and be able to um, engage with that. And I know for sure, with Brendan's funeral, we got some feedback about people in older generations being shocked because almost everyone that spoke at the funeral was uh, a man. Uh, I think the only women that spoke were me and my mom and sister eulogizing Brendan. But everyone else who got up to read or to eulogize or say anything were Brendan's male friends. And they're just so emotionally adept and astute. and older generations are blown away like oh can guys do that Mm. it's like yeah they can (laughs) and and you know and that's normal in this group of friends and how healthy is that very um so i think antonio and brendan uh represent a lot of what it means to be a man these days
0: Thanks for listening. Join us every first Monday of the month and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts so you can never miss an episode. And don't forget to holler at us at Tapespodcast.com. This two-part episode is dedicated to the loving memories of Antonio Lopez and Brendan Browning Lafferty.